You are listening to the Central Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Hi, I'm Pastor Adam Burton, and thank you for tuning in to this week's message. Before we get to it, though, I would love for you to join us for Church Online each Sunday morning at 1045. You can watch on our website at cbcmaysville.com or on our Facebook page at Central Baptist Church. Also, if you are local, we would love for you to join us in person each Sunday at 1045. We are located right on the banks of the Ohio River in the east end of Maysville, Kentucky at 437 Central Avenue. If we can pray for you, reach out to us on our website at cbcmaysville.com or on our prayer hotline. That number is 305-707-PRAY. That's 305-707-7729. I hope you enjoy this message. If you have your Bible, go ahead and uh, open that this morning to um, open it to the Gospel of John. We're back in uh, John this morning, looking at John chapter chapter eleven. John eleven. Uh, I remember when our family got our. Our first computer. Anybody remember when you got and some of you that wasn't a big deal, but for us and our family, it was, it was a pretty, uh, pretty neat thing. Compared now, we have computers everywhere, and you can imagine the world running with, without them. But I, I was um, in in middle school when we got our first Packard Bell. Uh, if you know them, they're not around anymore. Um, but it was a with a three eighty six processor in it, and I thought we were big stuff because not everybody, you know, at school, the best that we could usually do on uh, on the computers is play Oregon Trail on the old Macs, not, you know, before they got cool. And uh, and this was actually a, a, a real computer that, that you could uh, click on AOL and hear the modem clean up and then, you know, it about... You know, you leave and you go, uh, you know, mow the grass and then you come back and it finally it's come on uh, to where you can, you've got mail. <laughs> uh, and, but on that computer was, uh, which made us really cutting edge, was, was Windows 3.1. And, and uh, Windows uh, now is kind of synonymous, synonymous with, with, with computers. Uh, and... But back then, it was just kind of taking off into uh, the homes of, of, of each of, for, for those of us. But now, it's, uh, we don't even think twice about it. But Windows, as you're familiar with, was, was created by a gentleman named Bill Gates. And I was thinking this week on, 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 on Bill Gates, you know... How did he come about, you know, bringing about one, a, kind of initiating the personal computer revolution that we, that we have right now? But with that came a, a great amount of, of wealth, right? You know, in, in 1995, he became the, the richest man in the world. And he held that title into 2017. And and my thing was it because of his great intellect and, and, and genius ability to, 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 to see things in the future that he knew that everybody was going to be using these computers. And, and, and so he just, you know, it, it was almost like he could, you know, predict the, the future. And there may have been some of, of, of that. Uh, but in his uh, book, Outliers, Malcolm Gladwell, 
uh, author would uh, kind of examines uh, men like Gates who we would consider to be outliers in society and how they got where they, from where they were to, to where they are today. And it's not really, uh, according to, to Gladwell, as um, amazing as one they may proclaim it to be, but in reality that it, that it is, that, that yes, you know, you do have to have the, the intellect, you know, the ability to, to, to process these things and to, to invent and to come up with, with new ideas, but it has to do more with timing than, than anything. You know, Gates was, uh, grew up in, in Seattle, Washington with uh, parents that were well-to-do. His father was a, a lawyer. His mother was involved in, in business and uh, a management uh, position. And when he was in, in early and middle school, he, the public school that he was in, just, you know, it just wasn't cut. He was bored. And so his parents took him out of that public school and put him into a private school. And about a year into that school, the, uh, they, they decided that they were going to start a computer club. Now, what's interesting about a computer club in a, in a middle school is that most universities did not have any type of, of a computer extracurricular activities. And, and so in this little school that he was in, he was able to get exposure to, uh, to computers and to coding. And... Unlike you know, a lot of kids who took on to sports, baseball or basketball or, or soccer or music, you know, coding became uh, an obsession for, for Bill Gates. Uh, and uh, so much so that basically he was spending almost all of his waking time uh, just playing around, right? It wasn't a genius. It was, it was a hobby. It was like playing video games. He was just, just coding. And then a year or so later entering into high school, uh, the University of Washington, right down the street, he was able to walk to this university. Uh, and they themselves finally got a, a, a computer uh, department and um, a, a computer lab. And while it was quite popular, it took, they had openings at night between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. in the morning. To where they, you know, because of relationships that through his parents that, that Gates had, was able to, uh, to, to go there and to, in the middle, he would go to sleep, wake up a few hours later, go with his best friend to walk down to the University of Wisconsin and, and play on the, the big computer for, uh, for years. And then after graduation, he went on to, to Harvard and then he dropped out of Harvard and started, um, started Microsoft. And as Paul Harvey says, the rest is history. Now, the old saying goes is that, that timing is everything. You ever wonder about that? You know, I, I kind of think to myself, if, you know, if I were only, I don't know, five, six inches taller and could dribble a basketball and, and came up in a time, you know, in uh, time to be able to, um, you know, to be, be good at athletics, you know, I could have got a college scholarship played ball, who knows, even maybe got into the NBA or, or this or that, but, but it, didn't, it didn't happen. Or maybe you might wonder, you know what, if I were just uh, born a, a few years earlier or a few years later, that think how things would, would be, be different. I mean, for Gates, right? if he had been born a decade earlier, or honestly, a decade later, well, he, it's fairly likely that he would not uh, be at all the man that he is, is today. 
A lot of things have to do with, with timing, right? We, we, we think about that, you know, is, is if I were just at the right place at the right time, imagine, man, what life would, would be like. But it can also have the opposite effect. We can see the inverse of that. Have you ever been, you know, driving down the interstate and you come upon a, a huge accident? You might think, wow. If I had only been here a little bit earlier, that could have been me. And oftentimes, it, it just it, it can weigh us down if we're, we're not careful, because our mind just thinks, "What if? What if? What if?" We think, you know what? If you know what? I'm in the midst of right, you know, a a, a time where. You're dealing with some, some health issues. And, you know, you hear from the doctor and they say, well, look, you know, right now there's no, there's no cure for what you're dealing with. We can treat it and, you know, manage some things. But, but man, there's some really good research out there that's, you know, that, that, that is, I mean, it's very positive. And, who, you know, I think, we can, I think we may be on to a cure for this. And you're like, well, how long are we talking about? Oh, you know, about 30 years. Well, that's great for, for huh, those 30 years, but how's that going to, going to affect me? Or you might think yeah, a senseless tragedy like that of, of, of 9-11 and all of those people that went to work in the World Trade Center that day, if, if only they had you know, been a, a few minutes later, got caught by uh, traffic or something to... To where they could have avoided that, uh, that great tragedy. We realize there's so many unknowns in this world. And if we dwell on that, it can just eat us up alive. But today we're going to look at a situation where timing is, is important. And it's important to, for the event that actually took place, but also, and we're going to see the overarching theme of this passage, is, is that Jesus' timing, regardless of whether we see it or not, is always perfect. And in a time where we wish we had answers, we can trust in the Lord, in Jesus, through the Holy Spirit. So let's read our passage here, John chapter 11, verses 1 through, through 16. Now, a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of, of Mary and her sister Martha. You know, it was Mary who, who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, The Lord whom you love is ill. But when Jesus heard it, he, he said... This illness does not lead to death. It, it is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and, and her sister and, and Lazarus. So, so when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. And then after this, he, he said to the disciples, let's, let's go to, to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, oh, the Jews were, were just now seeking to stone you, and, and are you going there again? 
Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. And the disciples said to to him, Lord, if if he has fallen asleep, then, then he will recover. But now Jesus has spoken of his death, but, but they thought that, that he meant taking rest in, in sleep. And then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died, and for your sake, I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to them. So Thomas, called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, well, let us also go, that we may die with him. So this is a, a, a story that we're all quite familiar with, the raising of Lazarus. And, and in the next message, we're actually going to get into the actual resurrection of him. But, uh, but imagine that you are there at this time with, with Jesus. And, and you know that that this man Lazarus and his sister Mary and Martha were, were close friends. And in, a, in a, a life where you know, many in the world were, were trying to, to kill you. And the friends that you may have once had, your, your friend pool is getting smaller and, and smaller by the day. And then you hear that, that your friend Lazarus is, is ill. Not just that, but it said that the one whom you love is ill. And so you, you leave Judea earlier because you're about to be, be stoned, be put to death. And, and so now you're, you're ministering away, but, but what do you do? What do you do? You just say, well, you know what, hey, I, I hope things get better for him, or I hope that, you know, something happens, or do you risk going back to where some, some uh, challenging place to, uh, would be an understatement. So we see that, that in this uh, town, this little village of Bethany, right outside a couple of miles from, from Jerusalem, that, that, that Jesus is uh, um, where, where Lazarus was, and, and so a messenger comes and saying, look, the Lord, or the, the, this one that you love is, is ill, And he knows that, being God, that likely he, he's going to pass on if, if some intervention does not, does not take place. And I find it interesting what Jesus says in verse 6. He says that, that when he heard when Lazarus was ill, what did he do? He didn't throw down everything and take off running to get to his, his pal. You know, he didn't make preparations and was like, okay, well, yeah, I know this group's going to, but there's a way we can kind of sneak around and it'll be safe to where I can, can be with, with Lazarus. No, Jesus, <laughs> it says he stays there two days longer in the place where he was. 
And we know that in this time, either um, you know, before the messenger even gets to Jesus, there's some uh, you know, differences of opinion on the, the date and the timing. But um, sometime in between uh, you know, Jesus hearing and, and getting to Bethany, Lazarus, Lazarus dies. So, but he stays two days longer. And then after they're ministering there, what is... He, does, he talks to his disciples and he said, let us go on to, let's go on to, to Judea again. Now we might at first think this is a little heartless of Jesus. I mean, imagine if your best friend were to call you up and say, hey, you know, or, or you know, the spouse of them says, look, it's time. Doesn't have very much, much time. And he's asking for you. Can you come on down? Could you imagine what it would be like? Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? It's going to take me a few days uh, before I'm, I've got a really big uh, work project that I'm working on right now. And, and once I get that completed, then, then we'll, we'll, um, I'll hop on a plane and, and head out there to, uh, to serve. I mean, you would think, are you serious? But Jesus, as I said, has a purpose for Everything he does, and not only that, but when he does it. So the disciples were like, hey, you know what? We've been to, uh, to Judea. The, the Jews are trying to, to kill you. Are you sure you're going to want to go into to that? And then Jesus, he, he, he kind of gets a little, uh, I wouldn't say perturbed, but, but he, he wants to make sure that, that his disciples really understand uh, what he is, is saying. All right, and so, um, and so he, he tells them here, uh, it says, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles. Why? Because the light is not in him. And so we can trust in the perfect timing of Jesus. Oh, one, because earlier in the passage it says that, that this illness that, that Lazarus has and the timing of Jesus, the purpose, it wasn't so much about about Lazarus. It wasn't even really about Jesus in the sense of the action. It wasn't about the disciples. It was, it was about the glory of God that was shown through, through, through Jesus and his, and his work. And so we can trust in the perfect timing of God because through whatever we, we go through, through our, our, our good times and through the, the struggles of life, that our ultimate purpose is to glorify God. But we see that when we trust in the Lord, when we walk with Him in His perfect timing, one, we can go into dangerous places as long as we are with the light. And we know throughout the, John, that's one of the, the images that he uses is this uh, the view of, of light and darkness. 
Right? Now, yes, there is a, a, a literal, I mean, in the, uh, uh, the, the first century when they're talking about 12 hours in a day being the, the light, you know, now, right, now we have more than 12 hours of light and we adjust our schedule. But back then it was just, you know, this was uh, light and this was, uh, you know, night and you did all of your work during the day when it was light and only the, the bad stuff happened at, at night. He says, look, he says, anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. Well, Jesus is the light. So he's, in a sense, rebuking his, his disciples. Saying, look, guys, yeah, there's real danger out there. You know, we don't know. You know, we, we may, not, may not make it through. But walk with me. Because I am the light. And when we walk with the light, we will not stumble. Now this idea of a stumbling, it could be stumbling in our own sin. Um, but it could also be kind of stumbling into, uh, into things that we, we can't see, that we don't know what might happen. And so when you're faced with a Imperfect timing. When you have that appointment that you have to go to and you know it's just, I don't know, you just got this feeling that something's just not right. You can't pinpoint it. You can trust. And it's timing because if we walk in the light, we will not stumble. And look at Jesus, he continues, he said, our friend, Lazarus, here, has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. Now, look at the pronouns that are, that are used first. He says, our friend, Lazarus, collectively, has fallen asleep. But look, he says, I go to awaken him. Now, these are the disciples that have been following Jesus for a long period of time, and and they're thinking that falling asleep is referring to, I guess he was just tired after a long day. Jesus was going to go shake him and wake him up. He like, said, he's going to recover if he's falling asleep. And Jesus is just now, he, he's plainly saying, look, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I'm glad that I was not there. Now again, look at the, I mean, this kind of goes contrary to our human logic and thought is that, Jesus would say, look, man, I'm glad I wasn't there to, 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 to keep him from dying. I, I wanted him to die so that you may believe. But he said, let's go. Let's go on, on to him. And so Jesus, we can trust in his, in his timing because everything that he does in us and through us is is to bring honor and glory to God. Because when we walk with him in the light and trust in that perfect timing that we will not, not stumble. And we see that we can trust in his timing because he is at work so that, one, confirmation of our own faith and belief in Christ if we are already followers, but but also there is a greater purpose for, for what is going on in, in the world other than, our, other than ourselves. 
He says, you know, so that you may believe. Now, we might think, I mean, the disciples, they, they're following him. Don't they believe? Well, we see the messiness of life. Yes, in some sense, they believe. They, they, they trust and they're willing to follow him, but, but they still don't fully grasp who he is. In fact, we, we see that with Thomas, right? Thomas, the twin, we know kind of as doubting Thomas, looks and he says, well, all right, well, look, all right, we're going to trust Jesus. And so let's go. But he doesn't just think that they're going to go to Bethany and allow Jesus to raise Lazarus back from the dead. No, he says, well, you know what? Jesus is going to die. Might as well go with him. Now we can, Thomas is easy to kind of beat up on, you know, but, uh, because he kind of just seems weak and just little faith. But, but one, we see a, a commitment unlike no other. I mean, how many of us would, would go with a, a friend uh, of ours and knowing that where he was going would lead to our death? I don't know. I don't know if I would do that or not. <laughs> But he does. But yet at the same time, we see though that he doesn't understand who Jesus truly is. That they're not going to, to die. That they are, they are going to experience life. A, a resurrection, to, so to speak. And we know that it kind of foretells Jesus, his own you know, his own death, uh, burial, and, and resurrection. And that's the point when their faith is fully realized. When they, when they see the tomb is empty and they see that Jesus is risen from the grave, that, that we see these timid, um, scared, just uh, wavering disciples become the ambassadors, the, uh, the, um, the, the stalwarts of the faith that that we read about in, in, in the rest of, of Scripture. And so we can trust in Jesus' perfect timing, not fully knowing what that is going to entail. Uh, saying that God is God and I am not is uh, comforting to me because if, if I were in my sinful, fallen human state, I know that Man, it would be a mess. <laughs> but we trust in the Lord when we don't realize the, the plans that are that is laid before us. Maybe we think that we're going to, to, to die and you're going to have a pleasant surprise on the other end when you get there and you see Jesus call out and he says, Lazarus, come forth. And he comes out and he's alive. I mean, talk about a great celebration. But we can also trust that in the circumstances of your life when you think that something good is going to happen. And not only doesn't it, but it's far worse than you could ever expect. For Jesus is is. Everything that we have, He is, and we're going to see a little later, He is our, our solid rock. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All, all other ground is sinking sand. What does it gain a person to have the world but to lose its soul? 
You know, we, we should not fear the, 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 uh, the world. We not, should not fear any other human. should not fear a difficult circumstances. In fact, the, the Bible tells us that, that we are to fear him who, can, um, who condemns both our body and soul to, to hell. I think that's a harsh statement. Well, it, um, it is if we, we did not have the grace of the gospel. And so we know that, that God is the God of, of all creation. He is at work in the spiritual realm in ways that we cannot see. Even down to the minute detail as to when you are born and what clubs that you might be in at school that could lead to you being able to develop relationships with a person to be able to get this job that leads to that. And then finally, you know what, man, I'm in a pretty good spot right now. But it's also the same God that, that allows us to, to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But he doesn't. Leave us on our own. No, for he is with us. His rod and his staff, oh, they comfort us. And he, he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And he anoints our head with oil and our cup overflows. What does David say? Surely, the goodness and mercy of our Lord will follow me all of the days of my life. And I will Dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So just a couple of points of, of encouragement for you uh, this morning. Is, is one, enjoy life. All right, enjoy life. Especially today, we're going to go down and enjoy the parade and being you know, being alive in this day and time in America. And yes, it's got so many challenges and I wish it was so much better. But just kind of look at the perspective of, of, of how great it is to be able to, to do that. So enjoy where you are today. Right? Celebrate where you've come from in the past. But secondly is that understand that you're going to go through tough times. Everybody will. But could you imagine going through a a difficult season without Jesus. I know I couldn't. And I've heard from so many people that have told me the same. So understanding that you will go through these low points in life is to when you're in those challenging moments, to, and really we need to have even a more focus and a clinging to, to Jesus so that we will not stumble. Because we don't suffer or grieve with those that have no hope. We have the hope that one, the Lord will be with us and he will get us, uh, us through it. Now, that may be here on earth. We may, you know, only suffer for this, this season. But, you know what, as the Apostle Paul says, there may be that, that thorn in your flesh that you just, you have for all of your days here on earth. But know that this is not our final destination. Jesus said earlier in this passage that, that this illness that, 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 that Lazarus has causes him to, to sleep. It's only temporary. 
Now, he's speaking. Just a few days later, there's, he's going to raise him from the dead. But for each and every one of us who are in Christ, there will be a resurrection where there will be no more pain. There will be no more suffering. There will be no more conflict. There will be no more war. There will be no more fighting on social media. I don't even, I think Mark Zuckerberg and all that, I think they'll have had their run. I don't even think there will be any Facebook. And that may be a good thing, but... But we live in the here and now. But we also long for the what is to come. So, friend, do not lose hope. Do not lose hope. But if you're not in Christ, I'll tell you, one, for us here in the, uh, on earth, I, I can't imagine the fear, the anxiety, the pain of... of of just going through everyday life would be. But also know this. The Bible says is that for all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, but and the penalty for that sin is death and eternity in, in hell. That should cause us great fear. That should cause us to, 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 to trembling. For the Bible also says for that it is appointed for man to die once and after that comes, comes judgment. There's no do-overs in, in, in life. You, but as long as you have time here on, on earth, I plead with you to, to see that this is, maybe this is your time. To turn from your sins, to, to follow Christ. For the Bible also says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. All you do is repent, turn away from your sin, and believe that Jesus came to, to live the perfect sinless life that you could not live, to die the sinner's death that you deserve. But he defeated sin and death by rising from the grave. That's the good news of the gospel. It's all you have to do. And we know as the old hymn says, and he will, and he walks with us. And he talks with me and he tells us that we are his own. For the Bible says he will never leave us nor forsake us. So may today be the day of of your salvation. Pastor Adam again, thank you for listening to this message. Do you feel God working in your heart? Is he calling you to be saved? Are you ready to follow Jesus? If so, we want to hear from you. Reach out to us on our website at cbcmaysville.com or on our prayer hotline at 305-707-PRAY. That's 305-707-7729. We want to connect with you, to send you some free resources to help you to know what it looks like to follow Jesus. And I would love to hear your feedback on our sermon podcast. You can email me personally at adam at adamburton.net. And don't forget both our online church service at cbcmaysville.com and on Facebook, as well as our in-person service every Sunday at 1045. I'll be there and I hope you are too. 
Well, I look forward to joining you again next week for Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. God bless.